0: very liberating to realize that like you actually have that power in your own hands and that it's not going to come down to being hooked up to a machine for the rest of your life or having to go through those extreme situations all the time it could just be that bridge that gets you to the next part of your life and it's just incredible how much of my life i've gotten back doing this like when i think about it it, it, it's overwhelming (laughs) to, to think about how different it all is
1: Hello and welcome to Your Great with your host, Unique Hammond. I am a holistic nutrition practitioner, a health coach, a life coach, and author of the book Your Taste Buds Are Assholes. I created this space for those seeking inspiration and tools for your healing path. One of the things I learned on my journey is that healing my body took healing my relationship with my body, my relationship to food my emotional and spiritual body as well. And it's a journey I take every day, to be honest. I wake up and I show up every day for my body and my wellness and my commitment to my wellness. And it doesn't feel like a burden. It feels like a gift. Every day I get to wake up in a body that isn't full of inflammation and isn't struggling and isn't in pain. I just say thank you. And one of my practices is to wake up and watch the morning sun. And I've been doing this for the last, well, probably 12 years now. I used to wake up because I never went to sleep when I was sick for the three years that I was looking for my natural remission. I was awake 22 hours a day. So I was watching the sun and the sun would come up. And in those days, it was my emblem of hope. It was, I made it through a night and I have another day to create my remission. And these days when I watch the sunrise, it is my gratitude practice for having created the health that I wanted against the odds. It's pretty amazing. Healing the body is not necessarily the easiest thing we'll ever do in our lifetime, but a worthwhile one. I'm excited to share Ryan's story with you today. Ryan had a pretty massive Crohn's flare in 2018 and would begin his journey of getting diagnosed and getting on medication. And it definitely was a bumpy ride, as he will describe and as you will hear. Melissa, his wonderful girlfriend, discovered my story on To Be Magnetic, which I had done with my wonderful client and friend, Lacey Phillips, on my own healing journey with Crohn's disease, and encouraged Ryan to check it out. Ryan like most of us, had his vices, sugar, caffeine, and food was a way to connect with others. So the idea of going on a healing protocol when he was already on a biologic, understandably, didn't seem like the most exciting thing. But he started my course in September 2020, and we began working together soon after. The changes that he began to see really surprised him, and excited him. And soon after, he went all in on the healing protocol. I'm excited to share his story. I hope his story inspires your own. Thank you for listening.
2: Thank you so much for joining me today. And, you know, it's not people say you need to do more lives. And I'm like, not everybody wants to go on a live with me and share their very personal health story. So thank you. I guess why don't you just go ahead and And tell your story of Crohn's. I know that there's a history of Crohn's there in your family, autoimmune, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, big history in my family. My grandmother passed away from it back in 65. I have cousins on both sides of my family tree that have Crohn's as well, or colitis, or some variation of that. And then I actually struggled with it as young as third grade. I had some stomach issues. And honestly had totally forgotten about this until speaking with my family more recently. And it kinda just went into remission and went away and I didn't think about it anymore. And then in two thousand and eighteen, I had just moved back to Charlotte from New York and started having some stomach issues. Started with passing blood and just immediately was like, okay, this isn't normal. Went to a doctor, got diagnosed. They put me through everything super fast, getting me on a protocol of steroids, trying antibiotics, trying probiotics, trying all sorts of different trial and error things and eventually had to go on Remicade, which if people aren't familiar with that, it is an infusion that you get hooked up to. For me, it's once every four weeks, a lot of people every six weeks, every eight weeks, but it's an immune suppressant, which it is designed to suppress your immune system. Because usually a lot of Crohn's issues is because of overactive immune system.
2: What so every four week, weeks for you?
0: I started on the every eight week plan and they started me at a low dose just to see how it would respond. And I would get like two weeks of relief and then I would just be right back to being miserable. Whether it was passing blood, gas, frequently having to go to the restroom, cramps. I mean, it was just... A disaster. And so then they upped the dose and that helped. And so they got me maxed out on the dose, but then they're like, okay, it still wasn't getting me to that eight week mark. So then they started shorting the durations. And then finally it was every four weeks was just my happy medium. So that's what I've been doing since then. And it helped a lot, but it it was still kind of there's a missing gap there, which is how I ended up coming to you.
2: How do you feel? Because you've been on Remicade for how long now?
0: So I guess it's probably somewhere around two years, a little over two years, I would say, because it started in 2018 and we did a lot of the trial and error stuff starting in May of 2018. And it wasn't probably until that following January or February that they got me started on. It. So a little over two years now of doing the Remicade infusions. And so I did those and it was a lot of trial and error in the beginning getting me out on the right dose. And finally I got there, but it was just the progression seemed to kind of hit plateaus and mm. it was better but I wasn't I didn't feel like I was really getting as well as I could be like there was more things that could be done and and I just wasn't really satisfied with the progression of things. But tried everything, tried all the supplements consulted with family, consulted with doctors, Googled things uh, until finally my girlfriend, Melissa actually turned me on to Lacey Phillips podcast, who had Karen heard you as special guests. And specifically she's like, you have to listen to this podcast. This woman had Crohn's and has gone into complete remission and reversed everything with this bean protocol. And you know, you hear beans and you're like, that sounds really bizarre and it just didn't compute right away but i listened to the podcast and they were highly informative and based in facts that you know you can look up that is scientific in terms of the way that your body detoxes things and gets rid of them out of your body and the way that your liver detoxes things and then it's reabsorbed in the ileum. and all those things and it just made sense and i was like okay i've tried everything else let me try this because at the beginning i was told nothing with husk was allowed
2: i was told the same thing it was like i had to be on a a no fiber diet, you know? And it's like, and I remember at the time going, that makes sense. Cause if you think about what's going on in there, there's inflammation and fiber, Mm -hmm. like a scrub brush So in your mind, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm staying away from all things fiber and, you know, following protocols based on that. And so when I, when Karen's protocol found me and it was all beans and I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah,
0: it it didn't make it, it. Yeah. It broke my brain kind of reading that after, Spending two years of building habits that were the opposite of eating like crackers and rice and digestion. And that was a big issue for me. It was just for a long period of time, at least a year and a half. It's just like there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't have a bowel movement that had some blood in it, which is terrifying to go through that. And, you know, you know, there's something going on inside that you can't see it. It's not like when you get a cut or a bruise or something on the surface, you can see it. Like I know that this will heal. You're just kind of hoping for the best and eating the way I was eating. I just felt like I was getting more malnourished. I wasn't, you know, cause I had to cut out salads and I had to cut out a lot of the things like corn were out the window, but that didn't bother me as much, but changing your diet so much and then having to suddenly, okay, I can work beans back in. And the difference was almost instant within like a week of working just really well cooked beans. into my diet, chewing them really well, making, you know, bean dips and just finding different ways to get it in there so that it was easy for my stomach to process. And within a week, my, because during this whole process, my skin started breaking out. It was becoming, I was almost dehydrated looking my skin would crack a lot because I worked at a facility that had a lot of chemicals and things like that. So any interaction with that just instantly, my skin was fried. I just didn't have the capacity to heal myself at that point. Mm -hmm. And so instantly my skin started clearing up the acne and things. And I had always been had very clear skin and I've got clear skin now. But that was like one of the first things that started fixing itself was my skin started getting better. And so I was like, okay, something is definitely happening. And it was even mentioned in the podcast that, you know, that's the first thing you're going to notice is that your skin's going to get a little better. It's going to get a little bit brighter. And admittedly, I drugged my feet and going full go on the protocol <laughs> when it first came up because there's a lot that you have to sacrifice and or at least it feels like a sacrifice at the beginning when you're so used to living your life a certain way and i come from a family where food is just how we bond and now we connect and so it took a lot for me to finally break away from those things but once i finally started breaking down those walls and Caffeine was the biggest thing for me to get away from. And I finally did that back in February. And the difference of how I feel is night and day. Like there's benefits that came along with it that helped with more than my stomach that I didn't expect. Anxiety reduction being (laughs) the number one thing that I feel like I've, I've gotten out of is that, yeah, I just feel a lot more even keel all the time, which is nice.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's a far point for people to give up because it's so ritualistic, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and and it's another way we bond. So even if we are alone, we can go to a coffee shop and that ritual bonds us immediately to everybody else there for yeah. their warning cup, right? Whatever the oh. process is. So, and then some people are like, it's their ritual at home. It's the thing that they do before everybody else gets up. And, and also doctors, you know, they say avoid fiber, but they're not like, hey, cut out your coffee and cut out your this and cut out your that. They're like, take this and go on your merry way. Most doctors, not all doctors, but a lot of doctors. And to me, I remember the conversation of like, yeah, you take, you you get this or the infusion or whatever it is you're going to end up doing for your Crohn's and then you can just live your normal life. And I just remember going, wait, my normal life is what effed me over in the first place. Mm -hmm. Why would it be okay that I can go back to living my normal life? Like nothing has to change because you can't do the same thing and then expect different results. And I just remember my brain after that conversation going, this doesn't compute. It's what I want to hear, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. compute. How is it possible that this is okay?
0: And that was a big thing was getting over there, like what I want to hear and what I want to do and what actually needs to be done. And I was stubborn, dragging, kicking and dragging my feet the entire way. My girlfriend had to be the one who really was like, you're still drinking caffeine. And then even I was trying to get away with decaf. She's like, there's still some caffeine in there. And so finally I'm like, okay, get all the caffeine out of the house, all the coffee. I'm going to do this. And I dealt with the, I mean, I had the full nine days of missing caffeine and going through the withdrawals and all those types of things. And then I got through it. And then every week after that has just been a steady, like just even better jumps than I was making before. It's just, once you kind of talk yourself out of those biases that you build up that, you know, Oh no, I'm different. I can do this. It's fine. You actually can start making that real progress. And so uh, it took me a while to get there. And now I'm as honed in and focused on this as I've ever been. And even finding more ways to kind of like stick to that grind and stick to that schedule and being comfortable with, you know, not conforming to those social cues and those social pressures when they come up of good example is uh, actually my niece's birthday weekend. So there's all sorts of cakes and cupcakes and cookies and candies and everything going around. And so it's like, there's a good test to get to say no, because I have a huge sweet tooth and I've always had a huge sweet tooth. And so um, that's one that I'm getting over.
2: Not an uncommon thing for people with autoimmune, honestly, and just chronic illness in general. Usually the one thing we all share is being absolutely sugar addicts. And I was no different. You know, I joked that my first book's title was going to be Snickers for breakfast because I loved sugar that much. And to realize that it was feeding my inflammation at, you know, basically like fire in California in a Santa Ana wind. And yeah. I think there's such a disconnect between it because we love it so much. It hits all of those pleasure points, you know, in our body and our brain. And yeah. And so I remember just being like, okay, I have to come to terms with the fact that this food that I love so much does not let me back and mm-hmm. it's going to interfere with the longevity of my wellness and how am I going to navigate that? And also, you know, stop looking for excuses because if my daughter had a birthday, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to taste her birthday cake. Yeah, that's acceptable. Nobody's going to take that away from me. Or if I go on vacation or something and I really had to shift of like, no matter where I go, my health is going to follow me. There is no such thing Mm -hmm. as a vacation for my health. And if I want to stay in remission, which is my greatest goal in life is to never have another Crohn's flare. And I feel like that's within my control. Mm -hmm. So if it's within my control, is there anything better than that? No, i
0: And that's the point that I finally had to get to as well. And I think that that's the point that everybody gets to eventually is that whatever the thing is that they're dealing with, like you just have to get to that breaking point of, Anything is better than this. Like, yeah, and after being in that position and seeing my health come back the way that it has, because it was like before, I felt like I was just living with it. But now it's like I'm finding ways to, to beat it and like to continue living my life just like a fully functioning person, where my energy isn't depleted all the time, and and I don't have to think as much about food like I used to, honestly, it, which has been very freeing in that. I'm not constantly struggling and panicking, like, okay, when am I going to make tea tonight? What am I in the mood for? It's just very automatic, the things that I reach for in my kitchen now and the things that I go and get at the grocery store now, it's just full of like meat and veggies and beans like at any given moment. And that's pretty much all that (laughs) that we have here now. And then we enrolled in cooking classes through the pandemic and stuff like that so that we could continue to... Because ordering out is crazy expensive, but I don't even have that craving anymore because we make all our favorite things at home now that's been a big transition but yeah i just getting over that hump and coming from where i was to where i am now and it's weird to think about that it's been like a year of being on the bean protocol and then really a solid three or four months of like really committing to it and not just eating beans but really getting rid of those other things that facilitate feeling bad and i'm i'm the same like you like for me i want to get into remission and because i'm i feel like i am so Close to there, but until I consult with my doctors, and they're like, "Okay, you're like, this is what we would consider remission." But I mean, it's like I feel so much better than where I was a year ago, and then I just want to get to the point to where it's like, okay, now we can start walking back the remicade and hopefully get to that point because that's the scary thing that they pitch you when you they start you on these medications. It's like you're gonna have to do this for the rest of your life, and now I feel like that might not necessarily be the case. Like I might be able to manage my life on my own without having to come to this place anymore. And so that's the goal for me now.
2: That And that's an amazing goal. And I love that, you know, to me, what I say to people who, who come to me with that and like this, this is your journey. And the best part about eating for health and doing what you're doing is that you're giving your body as much ammo as possible to kind of like beat back the inflammation and put your body in a strong place so that should you guys decide to, you know, push it back and push it back, you can see how your body's responding to that, you know, and it's such an important conversation. And especially when you have a doctor that is open to that conversation. I couldn't find anybody at the time, and this is a while ago now, for myself, who was even remotely okay with that conversation of like, hey, I'm actually going to take care of myself. And because I'm going to actually take care of myself and put in the time and effort, can you support me? getting to where I want to go of not having a life of medications. And I never went on because I was just like, you know, you're not even willing to have a conversation with me about it. And uh, I think it's such an important thing to have a doctor in your life. That is like, I'm open to the conversation. The doctor who ended up supporting me was a wonderful medical doctor here in LA. who's also Eastern and Western trained. And he was like, unique, you know, not an easy thing to do when you're looking at your client. Your, your patient who's sitting there who's 90 pounds and hair and teeth or gums are bleeding and everything is obviously not going in a good direction. And yeah. I'm sitting there going, I'm going to do this naturally. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I believe you. And I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, I, I don't guess. believe you. you know? And I was like, oh shit, because I don't even know if I believe me, but I, this is something that I need to figure out for myself. And he was like, the power of belief is so important. And if this is, you know, I'll keep an eye on you to make sure you're okay. So you don't kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: And it's refreshing to hear that from somebody, especially in the medical community. because and and I'm a big supporter of modern medicine. I like, I do believe that like, there's so many miracle cures and things that have been created even just in the past year. But it's one of those things that a lot of times it's not the thing that's going to cure you. It's going to get you to kind of live with whatever the thing is that you have. And that's kind of how I felt like I was going through my experience. But I was so panicked when I first started experiencing everything. Because when you start seeing blood show up, like the, the worst thing I thought was like, is this like some type of stomach cancer or something that could be happening? And then it ends up being Crohn's. And so you're kind of like, okay, well, that's that's not an accident anymore compared to like when my grandmother went through it. And compared to, I mean, my aunt hasn't, she's had to do the surgeries. I was like, I really don't want to have to go through all the things that I know they went through. And so, I mean, I was really aggressive in the early going in terms of pursuing things. And I called my cousin. She was the one who told me, well, I've done Remicade and it's like changed my life. Like. By getting on that and so they were like well you might have a good chance of and you know of it working because the genes are similar and the body might respond similar and so i got on that but it's just it's one of those things that i'm like i'm not trying to do this forever either i, I mean it's like this got me to where i could live my life again it was manageable and i wasn't going to the bathroom 10 times an hour or you know dealing with all those different issues that came along with it because i Like I said, you're malnourished because you can't eat the things that you want to eat or that you think you should be eating. You're just trying to get the most easily digestible thing. And then the sugar thing was also, I feel so bad. I just want to feel, I want to have a little something good in my life. And so that's what sugar kind of was, is I'm going to have these sweet treats that are just real easy to digest. There's no nuts, there's no seeds. And like not realizing you're fueling all that bad bacteria, you're fueling all that stuff that's causing the inflammation and making things worse for yourself and it's like and once you don't have sugar you're no longer craving sugar but it's like once you have that first bite it's like okay now i'm just chasing this this field oh, the dragon yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's what i was gonna say It was, <laughs> yeah exactly and so and that was like the that with the caffeine were the two things that i finally had to really commit to and now that i have and I, i'm i'm you know, in that three-month range of like really feeling the differences of everything. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I'm way less anxious. Mm. And even less anxious, like you were so much more relaxed right now than mm. I've seen you in probably years. Mm. And so uh, it's a great thing, like, to, especially given everything that's been going on. It's like, it's nice to be at a place where like my headspace is a little bit calmer.
2: You guys also went through COVID, right? You get, yeah. First of all, you guys are an amazing couple because you're supporting each other eating for health. And thank you. You know, bringing you the beans was probably a big deal on her part because it's like, oh, yeah. Here's this crazy bean thing that I'm going to tell you yeah. about for Crohn's disease. And guess what? It's the very thing that nobody wants you to eat, which is fiber, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Like I said, when I first heard about it and thought about it, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But then as soon as I started listening to the podcast, it was it, it totally clicked. And she's been amazing through the entire experience because she put a lot of things on her plate in terms of going and finding alternative methods of treating things, whether it was supplements, whether it was podcasts, whether it was finding you and, and luckily bringing you into my life because it's like, I don't know where I would be today if it hadn't been for getting on that protocol because when covid first broke out i was still in a very like traumatized place because i was still sick and you're hearing about oh well if you're immune compromised you need to be especially worried so i was a wreck of anxiety and nerves of just you know okay what's gonna happen here like i don't know what's going on italy was shutting down like everything was just terrifying at that point in time i ended up leaving the job that i was at and then we went into a quarantine with family and spent time trying to get myself at a, good, at a better headspace. And as more information came out, and then the further along I got with the protocol, the more I saw my health increase. And the more I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna be okay with this. And we finally got all the way to April. <laughs> We're living on our own. And Melissa comes down with COVID. And she just thought it was like allergies for the first like couple days. And she goes, you know what? I'm gonna go get a COVID test just in case, just to be safe. I don't think this is anything. And then she gets the test back and then she ends up getting a, a bit more sick <laughs> at that stage. And then since the smell went, she was like, yeah, I definitely have COVID. And then I came down a couple of days later and it was, I mean, it was a gut check because I mean, we were certainly scared when we got the top positive test back and we're like, okay, well, we just need to lock down. We're going to be okay. And I mean, it was tough. It was, you know, I mean, it was definitely sick. I, tell us everyone i'm like I certainly don't recommend the COVID experience like but it wasn't as bad as of an experience as i think it could have been had i not been eating for my health and having my body regularly kind of cleaning itself out now because i mean i feel like that's just what the being protocol does it helps facilitate all that stuff out that needs to be getting purged And I was four days out from a Remicade infusion, which is Mm -hmm. when your immune system is most compromised. Mm -hmm. So there were some nerves there when we got the test back and I was like, okay, this is happening now. But I mean, we got through it. It was fine. We just kept eating. We rested. We drank a lot of water. We took vitamin D supplements. We tried to get the dog out in the sunshine when we could and just you know, stayed to ourselves and we got through it. And I mean... I had other experiences with bugs that I had like bugs and viruses that I had come in contact with that like definitely took me out for a harsher count with dealing with the Remicade, and but I wasn't on the bean protocol at that time. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that where I am now if if it had happened a year ago, I don't know if I would have been able to hold up as well.
2: And Did you end up getting the infusion that or did they recommend that you get it even though you weren't having COVID?
0: Yeah. I went for my next one and I told them right when I got in, I was like, just so you guys know, I did have COVID like two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, how are you doing? And I, I mean, they were totally fine as long as I just wasn't actively having COVID.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you should be good now. So now looking back, cause it was so scary at the beginning of it. It's like, it's like okay, we got through it. I mean, it. It hurt. It was like the flu. Right? I mean, it your body hurt. You were feverish. The fatigue was very real. That was like the craziest thing it was just, you think you had energy, you get up five minutes later, you're like, no, I don't, I'm going to lay that
2: down. Did, did, did you have any lung stuff? Because some people, some of my clients mm-hmm. have got through it really well, we like, had it, but some of them are like, oh, yeah, you feel that kind of like something sitting on your
0: chest. Like, yeah, yeah. Those, those first two days, I really noticed the lungs were more like heavy, which is what my first inclination, because we didn't have our test back yet, but I was thinking this might be covid as soon as i kind of felt that breathing aspect of it but that was really for only two days the weird thing was that it seemed like a different symptom kind of took over each day mm. it did throw off my digestion which i don't mm. it seems like if whatever thing you kind of are dealing with it kind of really gets in there and makes it worse yep so my digestion did get thrown off for like several days like in terms of like times and consistencies and things like that it was just like okay i was having a great month and now this is kind of weird but Got through that. And then once we got over it, we kind of just went back to doing more simple uh, diet for like a week and then I kind of just balanced everything
2: back out. Are you able to eat fats? Like is your dad okay. Do you feel like you're perfect?
0: Fats are great. I use a lot of olive oil, a lot of avocado oil, and a lot of peanut butter, and, uh,
2: and a lot of. And onions, you, so. you're blending everything now, like beans and fats and everything. Or do you still get some beans away from fat?
0: I still do some beans away from fats, but then I have other dishes that I have them mixed together. I, I'm, Perfect. I'm pretty wide open with it. I just make sure that I'm having beans consistently throughout the day, and we got a nice powdered psyllium musk that is. Uh, been much better for both of our digestions in terms of helping assist with things when we're just not in the mood to have another bowl of beans. Perfect. Because sometimes you just want to have a quick drink before bed and you don't want to go to sleep with anything heavy on your stomach. So, but the psyllium fiber has been great too. But yeah, we just try to find ways to get it beans almost with every meal for me. I'm awesome. about. And, uh, and Melissa's probably every other meal.
2: Uh, <laughs> Melissa's awesome. You guys are awesome yeah, together. She, she, I like honestly, I see the greatest success in in couples when they get on board together. Because the latter, it's like one of them is is you know having to come to terms with the fact that they're eating very different foods. And mm-hmm. I know from my experience that was really hard because my kids were young, and so they were like eating ice cream after dinner or whenever at the time, and I and my husband would be eating you know, whatever. And I'd be sitting there with like, I was really sick. So I would sitting there with just kind of like nothing. And it was dry. Yeah.
0: And not, and not very exciting. And, and
2: not exciting. Yeah. looking at you know, them
0: just be like. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah. You go visit other people and it's like, man, I miss those things. And yeah, but having Melissa there and now that especially that we're no longer having to quarantine the family anymore and things like that. She's she's really led the charge and, and holding my feet to the fire and keeping me like on it and honest and honest with myself. Cause at the end of the day, like, that's like, that's who you're cheating the most with all this stuff by trying to escape like the reality of what you're dealing with. And it's, it's hard. I mean, it, it, it was hard. You know, there's still days where you get tempted to want to have things, but, You just remember like where you came from and and the things that you've already had to deal with and whether or not it's worth it. And, you know, and you, and it's gotten to where I know my body a lot better than I did before, which is like a good thing, a great thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think the hard pill to swallow for me was realizing how much power I had over my health story. And I could choose to do what it takes to maintain my well being. Or I could find a lot of excuses as to why I couldn't. And at the end of the day, the only person who was going to suffer was going to be me. And then therefore my family because of what that would mean. So me getting the tools I needed to overcome my relationship with sugar and make it a non-issue in my life because it was an issue. Even after I went into remission, I struggled with that relationship of like, you know, I'd have to really forced myself not to have stuff and I took up so much energy not having it and finally I was able to transcend that place of like forcing myself to not have it to now where I'm like it's in the house other I have other family members in the house who I don't control and don't try to and what they have is their business but I no longer even have the it can't be in the house because if it is I may want to have it whereas now it's like there's all kinds of stuff in the house and I'm like you know, we all have to, it, but it's not, it's not hard for me and I don't have to not do it anymore. And I, and I think, you know, for a lot of my clients now where the world is opening up again, that it's going to be interesting to see how everybody navigates being exposed to all of the normal things again, that are not mm-hmm. so great for a person whose body isn't normal, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause that's the thing is, you know, what my concept of normal was, has now changed for me of what that gets to be and what that is going to be. And it changes the way that you even look at the food and the way that you have that relationship. And it's like, and I'm still going through that process of it changing, but I know it's changing because something that used to be instinctual is now something that I have like conflict over, or it's like something that there's a voice in my head, like reminding me, okay, no, that like, you should probably walk that back. <laughs> you don't need to have whatever it is that you think you need to have right now. Like you're, you're gonna regret that. You're gonna end up noticing a change, and you do. Like I, you can, you get to where you can notice those changes in your body and and your digestion and your your whole. The words kind of escaping me right now, but your whole cycle. that you Yeah, your
2: nervous system, mm-hmm. your digestion, and I think that was the thing. It was like I had to. I tried to bully myself into not being sugar-free and that didn't work. And when I was sick, it was nothing helped. So it was easy to cut it all out. But then when I was healthy again, that's actually when the work began because Mm -hmm. when I was healthy, I could almost lie to myself that it's fine. It's fine. And, you know, I even talk about this in my next book that I'm finishing now, finally finishing is that, you know, I went through a year of trying to have this idea of balance that you see in the world. Mm -hmm. I just would like have a little bit of dark chocolate and I'd have a latte and, you know, and, and it was all very measured and it was all very like, okay, this isn't a a ritual for me, but I'm going to have it here and there. And I'm just going to create this. And Mm -hmm. after that year of exploration, I just noticed that nothing was as good as it was. Mm -hmm. And so then I had to have a more honest conversation with myself with like, okay, if nothing is as good as it was is that really the type of that I want to walk you know mm-hmm. that I could bring on a flare because I'm not really truly taking care of myself and do you want, is that is this whole conversation even worth it and i slowly with a lot of compassion to myself just began to slowly like sweep the things out of my life that i i started calling foods that didn't love me back and it was like okay these foods don't love me back i love them this is like a yeah. one-sided love affair
1: you know? like, <laughs> yeah <not good. laughs> this,
0: is, this is an abusive relationship i have several foods that are like that to this day that and you know it, it is that coming to grips with all right It's okay though that that's gone because I am actually getting a benefit out of this and I've actually noticed the benefit, seen the benefit. And that's the hardest part because it takes time and like that progression isn't linear. Like there's going to be drop offs and days where it's like, I'm doing everything right. Why did, like, why am I feeling bad today? And it's just, Mm -hmm. you know. Your process and your system and your your cells are repairing themselves, and that takes time. And yeah. everybody is going to heal at, at at a different pace, and so
1: and also the amount of
2: stress that you're pumping, right? So we it's funny because I think we in in every chronic illness ever listed, stress is in it. And I think we're so mm-hmm. used to seeing it that we almost feel like it's a generic excuse, right? Yeah, like oh, stress makes everything worse, and it's involved in every single chronic condition in the human body, and yet. If you guys are anything like me, you're like, eh, I'm stressed. And it's life. And then when you actually start to look at the continuous loop that happens from mind to nervous system to gut and and kind of how all of those things work together and you realize there's this constant feedback loop going on. And so if you're constantly processing stress and adrenaline and epinephrine and norepinephrine, and you're dubbing that into your gut and you're like, well, I'm eating really well, so why am I not feeling as great? And I can look at the days where I'm stressed and go, ah, yeah, okay. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to minimize stress because it almost feels like a generic thing. Like, yeah, we're all stressed out. Yeah. There. But if I actually like go and have some beans and just chill out, I'm going to be fine and I'm not going to have any stomach issues later. But before understanding that this constant feedback loop is going on and- and actually, the reason why stress is on every single chronic disease is because it's real. It's a real, real-time real effect on the human body. And it's not a generic excuse or reason. It's it's legitimate that, you know, in today's world, we're constantly running from a tiger at some low-grade cowboy junkie way. You know, mm-hmm. we have, to yeah. have low-grade adrenaline dripping all the time. I, I jokingly call it cowboy adrenaline because when I was actually in a life-or-death situation, I it was profoundly different than that low grade anxiety that I felt right. all the time. You know, of like yeah. just like it was actually profound. It was such an enlightening experience to see the difference between being in a life-threatening situation and just mm-hmm. being anxious and stressed out all the time.
0: Right. I guess it was that you're choosing to worry about in in a lot of cases. Yeah,
2: yeah. And that's that's me too, believe me. But <laughs> I yeah, it's the monster upstairs for me. Yeah. So I'm constantly quieting the beast and just being like. Calm in my body, calm in my mind, mm-hmm. chilling the fuck out. And that's why yeah. stimulants had to go. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and that's, and we discussed this on one of our calls, but it's like, and we're constantly being stimulated. Like we all work on screens and we're all constantly texting and emailing and connected to one another, like at all times, nobody is off work anymore. I didn't realize how taxed out I was. And that's why I had that caffeine Crutch there was because, you know, it would give you that one to two hour kind of like pick me up and burst. And then, you know, you'd peek and then you'd crash. And then so you'd time for another one. And, and I mean, of course, everybody at work was doing espresso shots because they had, you know, a guy who made great espresso there. So naturally, that's what you're going to do. But, you know, it was at a certain point, you have to pay that price back because I was just constantly feeling drained no matter what I was doing. And it was like, I'd sleep enough at night and I'd still wake up groggy. And like, I'm finally at a point where those things don't, I just don't feel that way anymore. And it's like you said, it's like all that extra white noise is finally starting to, to block out that would always just rattle around. And it's like, you know, remember that thing 10 years ago that was super embarrassing? Well, think about now. And it's like those thoughts have kind of like settled down more to where it's like, I'm not just working myself up into a frenzy over nothing.
2: Since cutting out coffee, do you feel oh, yeah. more even better energy throughout the day?
0: For sure. It's more consistent. And my sleep schedule is like, I start getting tired at the same time every night. And it's like, I need to start trying to find my bed. Sometimes on the weekends, I'll try and push through and stay up a little later and watch the end of the movie or whatever. And then I'll, I'll sleep an extra 30 minutes if the dog lets it happen. But it's one of those things that, yeah, I have a very just regular sleep cycle where it's like, okay, I'm tired, ready to go to bed. And Every, everything just kind of seemed like it settled into a more natural schedule once I wasn't trying to force the issue on. Like, okay, I got to get up and I got to get animated and I got to start moving and going and and thinking that I needed those things in order to get through the day. Because that was definitely how I felt. I, yeah. That there's no way I'll be able to do all the things I have to do if I don't have it. And then once you get rid of it and you do it, you're like, oh, like why was I giving myself such a hard time? This was. So much easier than I made it out to be.
2: People bite me tooth and nail as if they're an addict.
0: Yeah, I I was 100% addicted personality because I I I know how I was with trying to get out of caffeine and and because I had quit before I had quit before for like a month and a half and then I fell back into it just because of those social cues. I mean, that was the biggest thing was that I just wouldn't allow myself to say no even though I needed to yeah and then I mean, finally i just got to that point now it's like yeah I, I don't need it
2: anymore like yeah i mean basically for a lot of conditions it's it's not great i would say i'm sure that there are people yeah. out there that genetically can handle coffee and it doesn't bother them and they don't know mm-hmm. it or whatever it is like, i think it's going to probably break down to a lot of genetics like what people can and cannot handle in their body but oh yeah we bring ourselves down with alcohol so that is the- mm-hmm. Pres- that is the over-the-counter prescription that most Americans are are on.
0: Yeah, and, and that was one that, and that was that was one that was easier for me to kick because I could see the direct correlation to how I felt to alcohol more than anything else, especially at the beginning of everything that was going on. So I was like, okay, this is clearly not gonna work with this lifestyle anymore. And I'm knowing some people who have been able to get through it and everything like that. And I was like, yeah, the way my body interacts with it, I just was not in a place where i could do it and i tried at the beginning because it was just like i wanted to have something that gave me a break or an outlet or whatever but it was just like it, it was it was a disaster every time and so it was it finally had the point where you had going to go friends weddings and stuff like that just kind of had to pass the drink to my girlfriend and she was fine with that so about that but but i mean i I was a bartender for a number of years in new york and worked in the hospitality industry so it was like alcohol was a aspect of my life that i respected and enjoyed and it was like a great part of like many friendships that i had living in new york and things like that and so uh, when that happened there was a reluctance to get rid of it and then i finally when i booted it out of my my routine and realized how much better i felt and it was like okay well And then I finally started applying that same logic to caffeine and sugar and everything else and finally got to where it's like, okay, now we have balance. And that's what you're trying to get to.
2: Yeah. And that's the the gift. And I think that mindset is not an easy place to get to. And I am really upfront and honest with people like a couple times a month, I'll probably have an alcoholic beverage. It's just not, it's not my coping mechanism, you know, Mm -hmm. like I have coping mechanisms for a stressful day. I meditate. For me, that helps receptor me. Mm -hmm. One of my clients, I think, or friends or somebody a long time ago said meditation was amazing because I was a horrible meditator my whole life, but I had other coping mechanisms. I had coffee in the morning and alcohol at night. Mm -hmm. Those were my coping mechanisms for getting up and coming down. (laughs) So to learn how to meditate, like I could never sit still and actually do that. So in the beginning of the pandemic, before the pandemic had started, I had booked to learn Vedic meditation because I tried every other meditation and I tried group meditation and nothing really stuck with me. And one of my clients at the time was like just talking about her practice. And I was like, that sounds like something I could actually stick to. So I went. During crazy lockdown and curfews, I decided to still do the training. So I was like driving to Venice and doing these meditation trainings in the middle of of like gnarly lockdown. Police cars everywhere in the beginning when it was like super gnarly. Wow. And, and I'm sitting there like Lorraine had to meditate. And it was yeah. one of the best things I did because the first meeting of the day is with myself and the last meeting of the day is with myself. And That's awesome. there's bookends to my day. Just suddenly it was the salve that I needed. Like I was in a grid mm-hmm. place and I wasn't eating sugar and I wasn't on caffeine, but I still didn't feel the level of calm that I would have liked to have. And mm-hmm. it just kind of like, put me in that place so for me if i have an alcoholic beverage is nor here or there and Mm -hmm. things are no longer these tools that i used to have in my tool belt because now i have other tools in my tool belt of like okay i'm going to take this 20 minutes for myself and just breathe and i'm just going to take this this 20 minutes for myself and so if you're a person living in a body that's not like everybody else's then you have to find other ways of Mm -hmm. of connecting to yourself and to other people Mm -hmm. too and and I don't know about you, how you feel about things opening up and how you feel about being challenged in that way. But I, I would imagine it's going to be interesting because I know it was for me, not even because I wasn't in a pandemic when I came out of eating for health and feeling well or going into remission. It was just everyday life was already in motion. So I remember having to like defend my castle and my boundaries while still feeling really uncertain as to how to do that. You know, I'm like, why am I doing this? And you're on a medication and you're fine. And will I be okay if I have this stuff? And, you know, there were so many questions and confusion for me around it.
0: And, uh, yeah, and finding, like you said, finding those coping mechanisms, because that was the biggest thing, because I was working a job that I wasn't, like, happy with, and dealing with, now it's like, okay, I'm sick, but at least I've got medicine, so, like, I should be able to treat myself to some of these things, but... There was no way to cheat that system. Like, you were just going to feel worse. That that was it. Like, you do something bad, it's going to have bad results. And so, yeah, I think that that was one of the things that also played into, okay, so then I started going really heavy on caffeine and, like, just, okay, I'm going to get to the day by just being perfectly caffeinated, which was, I'm sure, horrible for me for so long. And the exact last thing that my stomach needed was to be any more going through any more stimulants or anything else that was wiring it up and getting it alive. And, <laughs> And then plus the sugar stuff. But now it's one of those things where it's like I kind of find peace just zoning out and either listening to like my podcast and walking the dog and or just going to the gym and getting in a workout that's just like I go into a zone by myself and just kind of hit that rhythm. And it's yeah, it's very meditative. And that's kind of like where I get that time alone to unplug and to just get through whatever those thoughts are that are in my head. I and mean, then, you know, when I leave, I feel way better because it's like, hey. I worked through those thoughts, like I dealt with them, I addressed them with whatever needed to be addressed, and then I moved past them and it's just taking care of my body. But I also had to start listening to my body more because it's like me with Crohn's couldn't do the things that I was doing when I was like twenty-two and not having Crohn's. And so it was like not overtraining and over pushing myself and and having respect for myself in a different way, other than just constantly pushing myself into some new direction. It's like taking a step back. I remember I was saying something to you. It's like, like I used to get emails at work, and it would just be instant anxiety. Like, oh, what does this person need? And now it's like, oh no, I can take a second, read the email, gather my thoughts, like figure out what they're really asking, and not be so immediately reactive to everything.
2: Triggering, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's uh, the perfect way to describe it because it was just, yeah, it was like somebody's firing a gun behind me. Okay, we got to get back to work now. So. And, and meditation is one of the things that I feel like I get my best meditation done when I'm doing something that allows me to, like, focus in on anything else other than trying to meditate. Mm-hmm. Of it. For
2: sure. And I think that the, that's a wonderful thing to know about yourself. You know, mm-hmm. like, for me, hiking is a meditation. I love walking and listening to a podcast. I am have- mm-hmm ones that that's the only time I get to listen to them because nobody in the house is interested in science. So I'll be <laughs> going for a walk, listening to my science. In the house. so I, I feel that. And I always feel better when I come back.
1: Yeah.
0: It, and it's nice. Like, I find myself having to rewind podcasts a lot because they'll say something that gets me off on a thought and that I'm off on my own world thinking about whatever that trigger was that got me thinking. And I'm like, oh man, I missed the past five minutes of conversation here. And they're talking about something else that's good. But I love those moments, like, uh, that's where I have a lot of my best kind of aha moments of like, probably mm-hmm. one of the situations where I started thinking about caffeine more and more and more and more and finally, it was like, this has to go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it, it's, it's been nice to find those things. And like, the pandemic has at least afforded that because we're all at home. So it's like, you have to find new coping mechanisms for everything now. Because you can't yeah. just, you couldn't just go out like you wanted to. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, or, or get away from what you're thinking or feeling. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I think, that's been probably a great gift for some and a challenge for others because oh, for sure, the inability to run away what, from the stuff that needs to be processed and worked through. And mm-hmm. so, well, you're you guys are amazing. You're amazing, Melissa's amazing. Thank you. You're, I mean, you're incredible. You know, thank you so much for for being brave enough to do the protocol to work through some of the resistance you had to. Going all in to experiencing, I think it's such an incredible gift to experience all in and then kind of like be present to that experience. Because I think otherwise we don't know what it's really, what it all is working together, right? When we're sitting on the end with our feet in the pool, just kind of going, I'm not going to jump all in. And that's fine too. Like everybody has their process. Oh, yeah. but i just want to say thank you for giving it a shot for being brave enough to do it and being really conscientious with your journey and your medication like i'm also an incredible believer and thankful that we have these kind of medications out there that can save a life i mean basically mm-hmm. these are life-saving things and oh, yeah. saved your life right we can't oh. bleed out like i didn't bleed as bad as some as some, but i just remember that feeling too bleeding and realizing like holy shit there's something inside of me bleeding and i can't see it you know it's like i can see a hand that is bleeding but when you're bleeding eternally there's no greater sense of urgency yeah (laughs) and
0: having that moment of like confronting your own mortality in a way because it's like you see that and it's so jarring and and you don't know what the answer is going to be for that and you don't know you know, what type of journey you're gonna have to go to to get to the other side of that. And so thank you for being here and your your process has been incredible. Like getting to meet with you has been incredible. And like it's hard to put into words how, how thankful I am because of where I was and where I am now and my family has seen it and my friends have seen it. And like getting to tell that story and it's still weird to people when I explain to them the whole process. It's like, so what are you doing? I'm just eating so many beans. <laughs> but, but they, I was like, beans, really? And then, you know, I explained to people who are curious, but it, it's just, but thank you for being here. And somebody who is, you know, championing that and, and this protocol and reaching out there and being that person who's like, I've been through it, this works and, and to guide people because, you know, a lot of people just don't even know where to begin.
2: Yeah. I mean, I never expected to be here. I was in a career that I really loved and the people I worked with and When I started doing this in the beginning, I was actually just coaching people for free who found my book and I would send them to my mentor and be like, hey, work with her, but I'll coach you. And I would do it on the weekends. And I've even been to people's houses locally who really needed the parents of somebody needed to talk to me and see me and hear my experience. And I just remember being so happy to do that work and little by little, those free consultations were the thing that I look forward to the most in my life because I actually could see that I was making a difference in somebody's life. And that was like these little steps. And it's funny to be here now where like this is what I get to do every day is empower people to take control of their health story and and know that where you started isn't where you have to end up. Should you do the work? Should you commit Should you overcome any excuses you have about how you can't? I mean, I was guilty of thinking that somebody else was going to save me for myself Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: only to realize ultimately that I was going to be the one to save me was kind of like a (laughs) So,
0: yeah. And also very liberating to realize that like you actually have that power in your own hands and that it's not going to come down to being hooked up to a machine for the rest of your life or, or you know having to go through those extreme situations all the time you know it could just be that bridge that gets you to the next you know part of your life and that's where actually like i'm at right now is that it's like and it's just incredible how much of my life i've gotten back doing this and like when i think about it, it, it it's overwhelming <laughs> to, to think about how different it all is and so, so yeah that just thank you <laughs>
2: And thank you. And Melissa, thank you for finding the podcast and sharing it. And thank you for being brave enough to share your story. I'm always touched when I ask and they, and the other person says yes. So thank you. Well,
0: I'm happy to help if anybody else is out there going through what I went through. My story helps motivate them to do it. Then it's more than worth it to come and share my experience. So thank cool. you for, for having me.
2: You're an angel. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Sunday.
0: Thank you. You do the same. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today and listening to Ryan's healing story. I have a lot of clients who come to me with the desire to get off medication. And then I have a lot of clients who come to me just wanting to feel better and fill in the gap where the medication is not getting the job done where gut issues are still present and I welcome all anyone who is interested in supporting their incredible human body in healing and feeling better come and find me I offer one-on-one coaching I offer health consultations where I build personalized protocols thank you so much for joining me today I hope Ryan inspired you as much as he has inspired me Thank you.